Yo, 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 this is Oz, host and founder of Salinas Underground Podcast. And this is Claudia Melendez Salinas, co-founder of Voices of Monterey Bay. If you've been paying attention, you probably noticed that we've teamed up with Voices of Monterey Bay to bring you some political coverage. So far, we've interviewed supervisor candidates Steve McShane and Wendy Root Askew, and Salinas City Council candidates Carla Viviana Gonzalez and Anthony Rocha. We have much more on tap. This week, we've interviewed mayoral candidates Chris Barrera and Kimberly Craig and District 6 candidate Vanessa Robinson. This experiment of us will continue for the next few weeks or until the election arrives. We don't know whatever comes first. Let us know what you think. Send us an email or find us on Twitter or Facebook. And now, without further ado. All right, we're here with Wes White today, who's running for mayor of Salinas. Wes, welcome on the show. Hey, thanks for having me. So that's, we started off all the same, very simple, throw the ball on your court, is who are you and why did you decide to run? Uh, so uh, my name's Wes White. I'm a Salinas resident, um, a community enthusiast, I suppose, the last five years, self-appointed uh, career choice, um, substitute teacher for a while, a stay-at-home dad a long time ago. Um, my father was a uh, in the Navy, so I'm a military brat, um, fourth generation Salinian. Uh, and so my parents actually grew up across the street from each other. So it's kind of cute, <laughs> yeah. you know. Um, and I grew up in Guam and Hawaii uh, from 2 to 11 um, and came to the mainland when I was 11. Uh, moved to San Diego and it was a uh, night and day experience, you know, um, growing up in Guam and Hawaii. Uh, had a lot of had a lot of good, a lot of really good experiences. Actually, I learned how to be a person, you know. Yeah. And and everyone else played by the rules, good sportsmanship, and all that. And you come to the states, and that was the first time I ever uh, experienced being cheated in a game. And it was just <laughs> weird because it's like you're not even playing for money. So what? Why? I didn't even get it. You know, right. I, I learned how to play a game. I learned how to beat a game, and uh, and you know, help teach others to play the game. Actually, you know, playing for fun and playing for keeps. That was a big, big deal growing up. And so what made you decide to run for office? Um, well, I saw some things happening at a school district, Salinas City Elementary, and I noticed the same kind of corruption uh, consistency with the city council and Measure G was going on at that time. Uh, I got in with a Pandia at that point and uh, just paid attention i guess uh, measure g you know it's when when they advertise it they uh you know the city said that it was going to be just like measure v and or e and uh you know have an oversight committee with veto power and after after it was passed and everybody's like cool we got new money and uh callahan's like well the you know you should have read section 32-94 you know and and you would have known that you don't it, it's just not a veto power body, you know, there's no veto power. In it. Yeah. And it was a trip, you know, because everyone trusted them, you know, and, and even their best supporters, you know, I, I can think of just a handful of people that were in city council and those are the strong con supporters of the city and, and they felt duped, you know, and, and I, I just want to see good things happen. And if they're not happening, then I want to make them happen. You know, I, I worried about money. And for a year, and then, then it came out with the storage of personal property on city property ordinance, and that was against the homeless directly. And it's like, 
pinprick me a penny or nickel or dime for silly things and okay fine misspend your money but when you start dealing with people directly and hurting them directly i had to get in the way of that can you tell us a little bit about what kind of experience you have that will make you qualified for this position uh so with my youtube channel john does 13k uh it's only two words uh a you can see that that it's about anything helpful and positive civic social environmental justice oriented um we've been to uh very many open public meetings uh water board hospital board school board uh city councils county supervisors we've gone to state capital quite a few times um i suppose i'm only been a part of process you know um being in the back room is certainly something i wish i could do uh and, and i mean i was on the airport commission i'm on the uh housing advisory committee for the 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 county um so i mean you know i, I was i guess i've done a little bit of governing i was you know as uh ags president back in uh 90 95 96 something Uh, you know when I was going to college so I I got a taste of it then too So there's a, a lot of issues in the city at the moment uh, what do you think are some of the more pressing ones Uh transparency and accountability with the budget it's probably a big thing and also with the policies and procedures the way that they're implemented uh and the way that they're said they're going to be happen and the way they actually happen the follow through uh and then affordable housing and uh street sidewalks and trees which is measure G still and uh traffic flow uh and uh cultural relevancy Can you be a little bit more specific about like budget? I mean there's no transparency. The this the, the city puts out a document that lays out where the money is being spent. Uh I'm not trying to pretend that that's transparency, but I mean wh- what exactly right. what 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 would what are you referring to exactly? Um and you know there's some things I I can't really point too much a finger on because you know like I said I'm not in the the backroom uh decision making, you know, because there's a there's a decision that's made and then there is a projection that is thrust upon it, you know, in, in quite a bit of the intention of of what what gets passed for what reason and then you find out oh no that wasn't really they indicated one thing but it actually goes there's another ulterior motive on top of that um you know we have the the measure x uh money for for the city they they sold the the bond i think for 30 million and just to get cash and and then spin it on the downtown right quick and uh you know it's like but that was meant for the whole city you know um and i suppose they'll pay for it on some other end of it uh and they they talk about it now about how they're going to expand Veranda and Davis and uh main arteries and Tivadad and uh, you know do all the road work that needs to be done throughout the city not just you know three blocks of downtown okay. and so how and i don't I hope it doesn't sound like a creep hammering the Please. the budget thing but yes. i'm curious as a citizen of Salinas how would the budget process be different under the West White administration versus the current process um i think i consultants is probably another big thing you know offsetting uh, uh liability instead of re- accepting responsibility uh you know the sweeps uh would be another 
million and a half, two millions in savings. Uh, just administrative offsetting our, our outsourcing as well. Um, we, we've got, a, and we'll probably have to cut some people, you know. I mean, after the Measure G, we said, uh, you know, we, we had the Friday furloughs, and, and that was a million and a half or something a year, and then, then uh, we said PERS was a big priority. But then we hired on 70 new people at the same time, you know, and, and expanded departments. And, uh, and so what we're worried about actually exponentiated at that point. You know, um, so I don't know. It, we may end up in, in a in a position where we have to be more efficient. So and and let me sorry, Claudia. Let me jump in Please. again because I just I'm thinking. Um, so I'm wondering. I'm I'm a business owner. Let's say. Well, I mean, I am, but let's just picture another random business owner. And and so you're saying the city may have to cut some some positions. some positions. Um, and I already feel as a business owner left out and that the city is not doing enough, especially with COVID and, you know, and again, whatever the other barriers are put in place. Yeah. So is it possible for the city to cut some staff and also help its small businesses? That'd be wonderful. Apparently there's a couple of loan grant things going on uh, as well. Um, and, and I think efficiency in the government is probably a, a you know, because where does all that money go? I mean, yeah. you get all this funding, but where does it go? How come it didn't trickle down to the people who actually needed it? And that's that absolutely the follow through. I mean, if if you've seen what I've I've done, you know, I, I do it on a shoestring budget, and and it's still it's it's about the impact. It's about the follow through. It's about making that connection, not just oh well, I tried, you know. Before we move any further, I wanted to just mention that you mentioned Measure X, and I needed to rekindle my memory, so I looked it up, and it's a um, ballot measure that was on the November 8, 2016 ballot approved by, but it was put out by TAMSI, so it was for projects not just in Salinas, but it was countywide. Um, so it was uh, it was approved by 67%, million over 30 years, so... Yep, a lot of money for roads and constructions, and uh... right. Well, and, and you know that kind of makes me think about the street sidewalks and trees. You know, when when we did the Measure G budget, it was like seven fifty a year or something, seven fifty thousand, which calculated another fifteen years on top of the thirty to forty years already that it's been on the waiting list. So it's like, are we really trying to, or are we just playing a magic act? Well, then, speaking of Measure X and the, the transportation and all that, one of the things that I keep uh, bringing up with that is that, well, part of that money went to bring in the train. You know, we I keep saying within 10 years, there'll be a daily train from here to the Bay Area. Um, how do you anticipate that changing, not just the downtown core, but the rest of Salinas? Um that's not a bad direction to go. It, it does seem like like um, the Bay Area keeps fingering itself further and further south. You know, uh, right now Gilroy is kind of it's it, Morgan Hill might even be a better uh, boundary. But then you know now we're gonna have a bedroom community with our new growth area, uh, which is gonna bring more people from Gilroy and Mo uh, Morgan Hill to say, hey, I got a little bit more house for a little bit more yard and you know a little bit less money, a lot more drive, but it's worth it. 
you know, and then then they'll be like, well, what are all these little people doing in the way? But, well, yeah, that well that leads to that question: is how can the city then protect its current citizens from being priced out? Because now that the train connection is there, and it, it's, you know, again, that is one of the big issues that you, you mentioned is affordable housing here. Is can't so you know how does the city have to build? Can it build enough affordable housing and right can work we build, and, and can market we... rate housing to to fill both needs? I think I think. Uh... We almost need more median housing, you know, uh, and I know it goes back to the tax base. I mean, you know, because, well, hey, we, we get a cut out of it, too. So, of course, we want the best, you know, uh, but then we need to sell Salinas up instead of selling Salinas out. And and the way that we do business right now, I mean, you saw the, the decisions that were made on that, that West Area specific plan. Now there's two more coming up. We could bump up the the rates to the highest legal limit, you know. Um, in the housing advisory committee, they, uh, there was a project that would have penciled in like six years or something that they would be waiting for income. But as soon as they do make that green, they're really loading it down, you know I mean? They're, and, and so now it's, now it's just lucrative, yeah. you know? So six years, 10 years, 15 years, you know, I mean, the true value is, is in, caring about people i mean if we're a society you know um we need to we need to love people and use things and right now it seems more like we use uh we use people to love things and and that's the it goes back to the cultural relevance it goes back to um not selling people out you know um the the service not not just the 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 revenue can you tell us about more the cultural relevance? This is the second time you mentioned it, and I would like to understand a little bit more what you mean by that. Um, so it, it's it's a broad term, but it's also a, um, a, a subcommittee for the, uh, for the county. Um, cultural Relevance and Humility Committee is what it is. And, uh, and it's part of uh, the Mental Health Services Act. It's part of uh, McKinney-Vento. There's... Um, you know the um, uh, there's a population strata where where you know at least if there's two percent of the population, then the county puts on another language, you know, for for translation, and you know that there's so many different communities and cultures in Salinas that we could appreciate more and acknowledge more and you know honor and and like be like hey there's this day has a celebration, you know, and this is one of the most important days of the year for them. And, you know, like, like just honoring more people, including more people and, and opening the door. So then there's more public process and the decisions that are made. Um, and that goes back to the respect rather than, well, I'm in charge and you just got to deal with it. So if you became mayor, would you make that more of a consistent kind of process to have cultural re cultural relevancy in everything that gets done in city businesses and et cetera? Is that how I'm interpreting this? Um, I'm, I'm envisioning a lot more uh, community support, you know, um, and, and uh, a lot of it, see, goes back to when you're, when you're appointed, you also appoint people to subcommittees and, and those kind of attitudes and um, relationships again, you know, um, it's it's about caring about people and, and the people that end up on these committees, there's a heavy business aspect to it. And and that overruns and overrides 
the decision-making process and the community is not involved in any of those things. And what's purported is, you know, there's that ulterior motive in there because someone's going to get something out of this. And, and those decisions end up, like I try to get on the police community advisory committee and I try to get on the measure G committee and, uh, you know, re outright rejected for the police community advisory committee and then passed over for, you know, and, and I've even had friends on the committee that were like, you vote my way or else. And then, and then they, they, they speak their mind and they vote their way and, or, you know, their own way and, you know, vote their conscience and speak their mind. And then they get a letter, hey, thanks for your service. We went with someone else, you know? I want to kind of switch gears a little bit right now because if I'm not mistaken, have you run for office before? Correct. Okay, so what is it like now campaigning in the middle of a global pandemic versus versus a you know a time where you could just do rallies and go knock on doors and stuff? Um, yeah, so rallies could potentially be my strong suit, you know, um, and and I've not been able to coalesce, you know, well up that uh, that heart as as easy as it could be. You can't do door to door. Uh, it's it's definitely been a game changer right <laughs> i mean you know how, how do you do things because you really can't talk to people you can't feel like you know um meeting too many people uh and, and how to communicate and then the word of mouth becomes you know one of those things yeah that actually that's i think probably the most common response when i ask that is people are like word of mouth makes like it's pretty cool actually it kind of takes us back to back in time right to like Old right. stump speeches in the back of a train or something. You know, like, yeah. tell your friends. <laughs> um, so, well, actually, you know, go, go ahead, Claudia. I've been jumping and taking a bunch. Oh of no, that's fine. Um, so when you, when you talk about, and I'm gonna go back again to the West White Mayor of Salinas. You talk about taking care of of, of citizens. What specific programs do you think you could see in the city could enact that would make the city friendlier? to everyone and more compassionate? Um, you know, I, I strangely, I, I missed the PAL program. You know, they, they used to have a junior giants. And, uh, and, and I, one of the first experiences of coming to city council was the junior giants. And, and, and I have a couple of best friends who were in that. And, and you know, they loved it. And, and I, think, I think that's one of those losses, you know. And, and there's, there's plenty... We just need to appreciate more each other, and and I think I think there's so much that service that could happen without a, a price tag associated, and uh, um, you know after school programs. But see that all goes back to relationship, and and it's the restorative justice aspect of things too, because really, we like to micromanage. This this whole culture is about you know, I'm bigger than you, I'm stronger than you, so you better do what I say. And, and it almost becomes a trickle-down effect of that. And, and as a school teacher, I've always, you know, I've never had token economy. I've never manipulated. I've always tried to instill, you know, they need to do the right thing because it's the right thing to do, not, not for any other reason, you know. Uh, and they respect me for that. And it takes less than five minutes to get everyone to be focused and on track to, to focus on finishing, and then maybe we could have some fun. You know, and, and everyone's anonymous in there. And it, that's why it takes a good five minutes to figure out who, who it is. You know? But as soon as they're not anonymous and as soon as they feel valued, they'll respect you. And as long as you're gentle, firm, and consistent, 
then they already know they can trust you. What grades have you been a teacher at? Um, I've done preschool and I've done uh, K to 12 uh, since 2005. Oh, okay. I raised my own kids from babies. I was a stay-at-home dad. Uh, wife worked. And uh, so I was. The, my kids were standing and running and speaking sentences at 10 months. And, uh, you know, they were done with kindergarten before they were three. They were reading and writing when they were two. Mm-hmm. Right? So as soon as they said no, I'm like, oh. You think you know it all? Okay, tell me that. What's that? <laughs> what color is that? What letter is that? You know? Yeah, kids are little sponges. They absorbed oh, yeah. quite everything. Yeah. One thing that I, I keep hearing um, as this series progresses is a lot of people, again, the going back to the budget, is obviously there's budget issues, and people see this the big, shiny new police station, and they're like, ah, look, there's it's priorities are not straight there again um i i'm not not trying to say i have an opinion either way of of that project but um how can city hall uh, you know be more transparent or how can it include the citizens in the conversation so they don't feel like these decisions were made in some back room you know and that we just have to live with them like is it more community meetings? Is is it Zoom things? Like, right. or do we hire consultants for half a million dollars a year to mm-hmm. tell us what to do and never implement them? What what can again? What will the West White administration do with the current budget capacity to make the people feel more included in that process? Well, and there you go. The invitation is, is probably the first off, right? Has anybody really been invited to come down? Not really. Yeah. So opening the door wider is is uh, is one aspect. You know, you mentioned the Zoom thing. Right now, our city council meetings are by YouTube. So if you want to actively participate, you need to submit an email before 2 o'clock, right? And then they read it up to two minutes for as fast as they want to with the inflection that they have yeah. because they didn't write it. And, and so it's, it's, it's not even, it doesn't even really come across as your own words, you know? Yeah. And, and you have to, you, you have to submit something. So, so you really can't speak from the heart. You have to have something prepared and, and that's a hardship too, you know, and, and being able to meet people where they're at is probably going to be one of the easiest things to do, but one of the most uncommon things to do. And how much is it really... I mean, I do wonder a lot about this because as a, as a private citizen, I would like sometimes to participate more. And I'm just tired. I go home. I mean, I've been working all day and I have to cook. I have to take care of things at home. And uh, I mean, you've been a, a person who takes care of kids. You know how hard that, that can be, right? And so how much do you think that is like the city or any other government entity is not being opening open enough, or how much is it that people just really don't have that much time? I mean, where does does it? What is the balance? I mean, is it really the blame on the government, or is it really the blame on us, or is it just the system that doesn't allow for more public participation on things that matter? There you go. I I think most people are struggling just to pay the bills, you know, and, and even harder now since this year has happened, and it's probably going to get even worse. Is what I'm scared of. Uh, that's that is kind of one of the problems. I mean, we we outpace ourselves um, inflation wise. I mean, every every year, ten percent rent goes at least, and and it's weird. 
I, I had one friend who was who had an apartment and it was eighteen hundred, and the next month it was twenty four hundred. And I'm yeah. like, how did, how does that even happen? I don't even see. But apparently, it's it's not a problem, you know, because they did it for the whole building and wow, legal, you know. Um, so so every year we're paying more for less goods, and and as a worker, that's. 90 99 something percent of us you know and and the owners have it a little easier and then certainly there's an, an ultra ultra uber owner class that has it all you know yeah. i mean now we have trillionaires it's it's amazing the way this economy works and there again it's not understanding people because it's about pay me you know i don't care what you got but pay me and if you don't i'll find someone who will you just mentioned that Salinas is, again, most people are just struggling to pay the bills. And one thing that it, I find interesting is that every year uh, the, they'll come out with these, oh, we sold nine point whatever billion dollars or we generated this much money for the local economy. And that's on top of the $8 billion supposedly not, I mean, not the, yeah, created in the Monterey Peninsula with the hospitality so how can Salinas be the capital of a county with such big industries, but most of its citizens still struggle? Like, what, what do you think creates that? Contracts. You know, you have, you have an employee and an employer. The employer has, you know, rates and costs they have to cover. And, and you know, if you can, if you can work harder for less money, then, you know, they're, they're going to do that to you. I mean, it's... Kind of the nature of the beast, but at the same time, there's also a take advantage of that. I mean, look at the way part-time works and, and split shifts. And, you know, I mean, they got your whole day, but then you're only working three hours of that time or four or five, you know, and but you got a two-hour, three-hour break in the middle, and you're like, that kills my whole day. I can't be productive and do anything, you know, because I got to stay at this job, but I'm not getting paid for that middle time. And, you know, they, they get you every time. It's 29 and a half hours or less. How can we improve that though? You know, but see, it's a contract again because, you know, just like the lease, you know, the lease writer made the rules. You know, there's a little bit of law to help protect you, but in, in most reality, the, there's no protection. You still get evicted and you can fight it. Go ahead and fight it. You know, now you got the money to fight it? No, you got money to try yeah. to get to live. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I wonder if you, I'm going to switch gears again. I wonder if you have heard of a program in Oregon. It's called Cahoots, and it's a program where a trained group of people at, uh, respond to emergency calls. Um, they're not law enforcement. They're just uh, re- regular mental uh, people trained in mental health. So they respond to non-emergency police calls. Um uh, our, my colleague, Joe Livernois from Voices of Monterey Bay, put together something similar. It's called REACT, and it would be a way to try to um, – re- another team to respond to those calls, uh, not involving law enforcement, but involving uh, just medically trained mental health uh, – me- people trained in mental health to respond to those emergency situations. What do you think about something like that? Have you heard about it? What do you think? I haven't heard of that that one specifically, but the React one, I, I think I remember seeing an email for. And, uh, um, you know, it's a it's great, great program. I think uh, most of that is getting back to restorative justice too. You know, I mean, it's, it's uh, the people who are interacting with you and making decisions about you for you need to understand you and appreciate you. 
as well. And uh, uh, I mean, we for for the homeless thing, you know, the same issue. It needs to be homeless led and homeless run these programs, you know, because they know the population much better than someone who's getting paid to oversee you. And and that's that's kind of a you know very similar concept. And that's the, the community, the relationship, who, you know, your trusted sources. And, and you have to elevate those trusted sources. And that, I think, is the uncommon part. Do you think that, because um, that homeless shelter going up off of Laurel, do you know if that is, is there any talks of having homeless working there or running it or anything? Do you have any clue? On, I mean, I've... Well, I don't know it's it's only one program in one neighborhood, and it has a capacity of 100 people. Um, so, what about the other 1,500? Yeah, I mean, unless we're talking about the whole, there's no point in talking about the part. So you don't okay. So you don't think that that's gonna do? No, I, much well, I mean, do. I haven't had a job in the last five years because I don't feel comfortable with the policies that that you know. Well, hey, we're gonna help everyone by not helping anyone. And I, I don't want to live that way. Um, yeah. So I haven't. And, and that invariably becomes the way things happen. I guess is why I haven't gone back to subbing either is because the ones that you're helping aren't really the ones that are a problem nearly as much as how come, how come the, all this budget didn't trickle down to the people who needed the help, who what was advertised for. You know, it goes through the administration. It goes through the overhead. And, and very little the pennies end up going to the people. Let me, let's try to switch gears again. No How worries. about a... Like a race car. Please. Yeah, let's do a race car. <laughs> Whatever comes up. How about, um, what's the, uh, can you talk a little bit about the books that have influenced you? Which, uh, your favorite book? No matter how long ago you read it, or even if you read it last year, 10 years ago. Um, so I'm not too much a book reader, but um, when, I guess Joseph Campbell is probably um, a big one. You know, when I was in uh, Hartnell in 95 to 97, I got three associate degrees at that point. I was getting straight A's or whatever, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of feel like I grew up in TV land. You know, I was a latchkey kid, so I, I watched a lot of TV. And, and growing up in Guam and Hawaii, you know, it, it like Opie, you know, Mayberry, um, mm -hmm. I kind of felt a lot like that. I just had the roam of the place, and nothing's going to hurt me because I'm on base, you know. But I didn't understand the, the whole concept, right? Uh -huh. um, and, I don't, you know, see, I'm white, okay? My, I'm, I'm growing up blonde, and my last name is White. And I grew up in Guam and Hawaii, okay? So I, I got that, that reverse discrimination stuff. And, and it really enlightened me. You know, my sister, she's two and a half years older than me, and, and she, she was more my mom than my mom was, you know? Um, so, so I already understood equal rights. Like, yeah, in, you know, I mean, she's definitely doing better than I am, right? You know, so she's in charge. And then um, the whole concept of the cultural relevancy was – I learned how to play games, you know, play marbles, play tetherball, play four square, um, you know, and, and, and um, even the, the, the cultural games, you know, there was a, a, a bowling thing and Eaton Poi and, you know, Polynesian Cultural Center. I mean, it was about appreciating them. And, and as soon as they realized I wasn't a threat to them, that I wasn't mean to them, that I, you know, like, like I could be friendly and I've never had an enemy in my life. 
You know, I've always tried to understand and meet people more than halfway. So then that way they know, and I know that I didn't, you know, I tried the best I could, Hmm. you know, and and that kind of philosophy is also like Star Wars, I guess, you know, Um, Return of the Jedi was one of the first ones I really like got into, you know, and, and I had plenty of toys and, you know, our friends, like, like we had nothing. And then then my mom's just like, you know what, I'm going to spend the credit card and like, that's when it just kind of exploded. And it was a wonderful experience living in Hawaii. And then I came to the States. <laughs> How old were you when down. you moved back to the States? 11. Oh, so you were from birth to? Uh, I was born in Virginia, uh-huh. um, you know, but I don't remember anything about there. I, I First memories is in Guam. Oh, excellent. Yeah. And is there any Joseph Campbell books in particular? And the only reason I ask is because we're... Cheers, Jordan. We... Um, yeah, that's the one that that shows up here. But because we're building a, a book list, there's oh, we we have a yeah on bookshop.org we have a um again a store there. Well, I mean it's not our books, but uh yeah we're mm. we're putting a bunch of, of every candidate they have their own. I mean the whole candidates have a list, so it's it's pretty cool. But is there any Joseph yeah. Campbell book well, in that, particular? That, that Joseph put Campbell uh, uh, Hero's Journey sounds really good. Okay, yeah. And and then uh, here's another one, Wayne Dyer, uh, Power of Intention. And that, you know, intention. And, and, you know, my friend Dredd, he was big on the word intention. And he was big on the word uh, community. He was big on the word understanding. You know, and, and I was just reading some, uh, wow, that man was deep. You know, sometimes he, he didn't say as much to me, but but when he put it in paper, wow. Uh, so I, I just, just reading a little bit of it. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's powerful, man. That, that guy, he saw everything. You know, he's a Dredd. And and he was he was mama's boy, so he always listened, and all he did was just play. You know, he, he actually didn't even realize there was racism until after he came back from Vietnam. Mm. You know, you want to talk a little bit more about your friend Dred Ezra McCall, who just recently passed away, and he was a very, uh, very visible community activist, uh, very beloved. And uh, you know, yesterday there was a march in his honor. You want to talk about him? Um, yeah, no, yesterday was beautiful. Um, a lot of people came, uh, we had, we had shirts, uh, we had pictures, um, and, you know, big ones that, that people could have. And, uh, and a lot of it, you know, was, wow. So, so Dread, Dread was my balance. You know, he, he was my, my better half, I guess. I mean, he, he did the still photos, I did the video, um, and, and he was, he, he always had my, my back, you know, I mean, he was my wingman. He was uh, my right arm, really. Uh, I mean, I've been pretty lost without him uh, the last couple months. Um, for a month, I really didn't go outside. So, like, when when it's like, hey, hey, you know, um, tell me about the mayor's race. <laughs> I didn't even, you know, I, I think I skipped a couple. And, uh, I mean, it's it's been overwhelming. Um, it, was, it was a big piece of my life. And, and honestly... So many people said, you know, hey, I know that guy. He saved my life, you know, and, and then they tell me the story. And, and it's just he had so much to give and so much to pour out. And, you know, I think he gave, he, he gave 110, 120% anything he did. He never gave up. He never uh, backed down. You know, he stood up to everything. And, you know, that's, that's what made him tough. You know, and he was no joke. Not at all. 
And I mean, that's, that's like, just to even be picked, you know, like, like that, that he wanted to run with me. Cause I mean, they tell me about some of the other big dogs he ran with. And I mean, they were, he was a rough and tumble guy, you know, but Selena's kind of a knucklehead town anyway. So everybody likes to fight. (laughs) He was a really special person. It was really great to see him around. And like you say, he was a man of few words, but whenever he spoke very few times, he was always a very deep thought uh, person. So, yeah. And and he cared. He Everything he knew in that moment, he had to express love and understanding because that's what he was always in pursuit of. So anyone that follows your YouTube channel knows that you're obviously a very concerned and active citizen. What pushed you from being just that to saying, I need to run for office? Back in 2014, I think uh, with the, the Measure G thing and and, uh, and especially the, the homeless ordinance, you know, um, the first time I, I think I came in as John Doe 13K because my, my uh, friend Amit had been sued uh, 50 and then and then 50 John does one through 50 and I'm like 13,000 registered voters. Well, I'll be the voters, you know? <laughs> um, and, and so I think with that attitude, it, it was just swinging back of like trying to create that balance again. Right. Because the, if, if you say you're going to do it, well then you should fall through. And, and the whole reason he was even getting hit to begin with was because their constituency of, uh, architects and accountants and uh, I mean they they went to every police station they went to every firehouse um, you know um, calculated what what needed to be done you know if there was an earthquake there's no backup generators for for you know anything so uh, the police department was already moldy so they didn't need a new building so possibly it could be coincidental um, you know but um, all that they're they're like after a year and a half they're like you know we could do that for about three quarter a penny but a penny would really do it. And the city's like, oh, hey, thank you for all your hard work. Okay, goodbye. And that's basically what they done. And then they came out with Measure G using all of that cheat sheet right there that everyone else did for free because they thought it was going to be a special tax. And then it came out Measure G general tax. And so they're like, well, but what happened? You know? Yeah. And so that... Yeah, that definitely thrusts me because if you're going to do something, then do it. Otherwise, don't say it, you know, because like like that just creates so much animosity. Yeah. Well, I think that um, we have really discovered how you feel about the city and how your motivations are for uh, running. And um, I think we have run out of questions to ask. You've asked everything that we wanted to ask you. But if there's anything else you would like to say as parting words for the show. Oh, gosh. Well, um, I'm usually in a job here. And, uh, you know, every time I visit, I'm usually working. So there, there is a, uh, a sweep happening over in Sherwood Park tomorrow. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, they cleared out some people from the parking lot. At that point, they, um, they asked for all the tents to be gone. They were. Then they asked for the RVs to be gone. Those left. Uh, the community development department said, don't worry, the cars can stay. We just not need the RVs to go. A few hours later, the police come and they tow away a dozen vehicles. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's uh, gross miscoordination, if not very intentional. And, uh, you know, I mean, these, these, this is affordable housing. You know, um, people's tents, people's RVs, people's vehicles. Those, it's, 
our affordable housing, you know, and, and if, if we're going to want to help them for real, then we need to actually help not hurt them. And we're spending an awful lot of money hurting them. So tomorrow at 7 a.m., which will be Monday, October 12th, um, you know, the, the city will come in and, and clear everybody out of Sherwood Park. Now there's shelter in place. And these are people in tents. These are part of the Sherwood 28, in fact, from last year that the city said they would house. Last year, right before the Rodeo, back in June, July. Yeah. And they, they blew everybody out. But don't worry, we'll get you housing later. This is when Moongate was still being constructed. And so they're like still playing with the numbers on that one. Uh, so these folks have been perpetually pushed around and kicked out and stolen from and, and ticketed, arrested, you know, constantly admonished every night, woken up. You know, you wonder where PTSD or uh, mental illness could come from. It might come from being woken up in the middle of the night every night and being told you can't be here. You know, I mean, they need to be somewhere. People need permission to be somewhere. If not here, then where? You know, and people are not opposed to moving to be somewhere where they're allowed to be. They need to be given an address. So my whole thing is still about human rights. It always has been. Um, the same issue that I've, that I've seen in the classroom, that I've made community out of nothing with no manipulation, but just pure intention and, and empowerment to other people. Um, so then they can be independent, like the Constitution wants people to be, pursuit of, you know, happiness. Um, you know, it, it, our economy, I think, is, is the problem. Uh, what we do for what we get. Uh, so my, I'm, I'm asking people, witnesses and legal observers in the morning uh, to come with video camera, um, you know, just like it was George Floyd. And, uh, you know, because this is a tragedy and it, it, it's, it's legally stealing from people, telling them to move. They're going to have a cleanup. They might even have coffee. So then that way it goes down smoother. But it's still, it's, it's domestic terrorism and it needs to stop. We need to stop the sweeps yeah. and connect people with services. And everyone in here has already signed up for the Coalition of Homeless Service Providers. So what else are they supposed to do? They're signed up. <sighs> And yet they still got to go. Where did they go? Yeah. Well, Wes, thank you. Wes White, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for doing this. We we really enjoy this series. Thank you again to Claudia. Thank you, Wes, for, for being here, for for bringing, uh, bringing attention to this issue that is a very important one. We need to have more services for unhoused people. Yeah. Or at least not spend money hurting people. That would be a start, right? Good luck to you. Thank you.